0: This episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast is made possible by our generous patrons. We seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click give. Or head to Patreon.com slash BehindTheBliss. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss.
1: Here's today's conversation Hey everyone,
0: and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. In this episode, I sit down with family dynamic geniuses Rodney and Michelle Gage. They are sharing all their insight on creating a family structure that will make a difference. They talk through the five shifts that all families can incorporate into their values to move towards God's desire for the family unit. They also talk through the five signs that your family might be drifting away from its original design. This conversation brought so much light to me in any type of family situation I might be a part of, as a spouse, as a child, as a sibling, and one day maybe even as a parent. So if you are wanting God's vision for your family to become your vision for your family, maybe you need some next steps in implementing health into your family dynamic, and you wanna see a healthy shift in creating structure in your home, then y'all, this episode is so for you. Rodney and Michelle actually put all of this that we're talking about today in a book called Family Shift, The Five-Step Plan to Stop Drifting and Start Learning with Greater Intention. So if you're like me and you're listening through today's episode thinking, oh my goodness, this is so good. Where can I get my hands on more? No fear, because there is a book. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Rodney and Michelle. I'm excited to have you gauges on the show today. This is really exciting. we talked briefly beforehand that your daughter Becca was just on, which is tons of fun. So we kind of have like a, a family thing going on on our right. podcast right now.
2: That's right. Yes. That was our favorite it. episode, by the way.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Be, and then this one will come next, right? <laughs> right. Right. I'm so excited to have you guys and all the things that you have to share with us today. It's going to be pretty amazing. And I think that we just briefly talked about, I think that this podcast and the listeners that we reach, I think, is the perfect um, demographic to talk about family and what does it look like before starting a family to plan what you want that culture to look like and and mm-hmm. all the things that your new book is here to talk about. But would you just share a little bit with our audience about who you are where you guys come from? What you got going on? And then we'll dive into the book.
1: Sure, we're we're Rodney and Michelle Gage. Um, we live in Orlando, Florida. We moved here twenty years ago to start a church, actually here, and we moved from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have three children that we love and are so proud of. Um, And Becca is our oldest. And then we have Ashlyn. She is a senior at Liberty University and is married to an amazing guy named Dylan. They got married this summer. And then Luke is our youngest. And he actually is um, just moved to Birmingham and started Highlands College this fall. And we're just super proud of them. We um, we're pastors here in Orlando, and uh, before that, uh, Rodney was traveling um, the nation just sharing the hope of Christ and speaking in uh, school assemblies and has uh, spoken to over a million students and has wow, written cool. um, seven books. So um, we've, we've had a few things going on, but now we're empty <laughs> nesters.
0: <laughs> right. You've been around the blocker, too. I'm excited about all yeah. the things you've glean all the wisdom from the students and books and all the things going on. I'm super pumped. And you guys have a new book that you've written together. Is this the first one you've written together?
2: Yeah, it's the second book we've actually co-written together. And um, so this new book called Family Shift is actually going to be released on uh, September the 17th. So it'll hit bookstores, be available online um, on the 17th. Of course, it's available now even to pre-order but, um, but yeah, we've been doing life. My wife, Michelle, and I have been married for over 28 years, and we've been doing life together and ministry together for all of these years. But we've decided to bring our minds together and our hearts together and to help pass on what God has taught us and what we've learned through the good, bad, and ugly to pass on to...
1: And the beautiful. And
2: the beautiful. That's right. <laughs> uh, to the next generation. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. Family shift, the five step plan to stop drifting and start learning with greater intention. I love it. I'm all about those five step plans. I'm like, if I can just have a point A to point B, some type of equation, maybe not to fix it, but hopefully for me to feel a bit more prepared for what might be to come when I do start a family. Yeah. I think it's just helpful for all of us. Um, okay. Just because I'm curious, what, where did this kind of come from? You said from the good, bad, ugly, beautiful, all the above. How did this five step plan kind of happen? To a point where you thought, we need to write this down and, <laughs> and sell a book.
2: <laughs> that's exactly, literally how it <laughs> happened. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that because of the years of experience that uh, I had on a personal level, traveling across the country, speaking in schools, um, listening to a generation of young people, um, you know, who basically confided in me and shared with me things that they would never tell their parents, or perhaps it was at least their greatest fear that mom and dad would ever actually Mm -hmm. know what they were struggling with, or, you know, the concerns that weighed heavy on their hearts and minds. But I was that person who listened. I was the listening ear. So I heard not only from the students, but also heard from the moms and dads. So parents would share with me and confide in me things that they wish, you know, they could talk to their kids about or, or try to figure out, you know, just as it related to how to bridge that communication gap. And so that was really kind of the foundational thing. And then, of course, um, you know, being fellow strugglers of just being in the trenches of, you know, married life and raising children of our own, and of course, being a pastor and just being in the trenches of listening to so many other families and married, you know couples who you know were married, um those who've gone through the pain of divorce, um, blended family situations, just the complexity of today's families. Often, you know it's kind of like if I could just sit down over a cup of coffee and I could just I could just talk with someone, you know, whether it be a young couple getting started. Whether it's, you know, a a couple that's, you know, maybe just in the beginning stages of having children of their own, or maybe a blended family situation. If I could summarize everything I've learned in 30 years of ministry, I would summarize it in these five things. And I literally wrote it one night on a napkin sitting in our bar in our kitchen. It, well, has,
0: similar to Harry Potter, and we know how that one turned out, so <laughs> yeah, you know, you get a
2: ride at uh, Universal Studios out of it, but
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But anyway, but yes, yeah, these five things really serves as a framework or guide, guideline, if you will, to help kind of bring things into perspective of what I believe really matters most to be successful in mm-hmm. a relationship, especially in a marriage or in a family relationship, but it's it's the key to living intentionally. And so just like anything else, if you're going to be intentional and you're going to make the most out of, you know, whether it's your career, you know, your ministry, relationships, there are some things that you have to let go of and there are some things that you have to embrace and and you basically, you just own those things. And those things in and of themselves become the driving force that helps shape everything else that you do. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where these five things come into play.
0: And what are they? Do you mind sharing the five steps with us briefly?
2: Yes. So the what we've, what we've done is we basically have identified um, what we consider to be five necessary shifts. And so and the shift is basically a shift moving away from what is perceived as normal in our society or in our culture today because the norm is to conform. And so Mm -hmm. people, I think you said earlier, as we were just kind of talking about just stamp and repeat, a lot of times of or copy and paste of what, you know, our parents did or what everybody else is doing or whatever. But the, the problem is, is that there's a lot of toxic, unhealthy, destructive things that the culture sometimes paints as normal. And so right, yeah. what we have to do is we have to divert away. We have to shift away from what the culture or even our parents or perhaps even what other friends have said to be acceptable or normal. And we have to really shift away from that to, okay, well, what is God's plan and purpose? What is it that he desires and what, you know, what can we start moving towards? So, for example... The S, and we've kind of taken it like an acrostic, so the S stands for start with the end in mind. So in every relationship, specifically a couple, you know, young parents, and I believe just starting with as an individual, just a single adult, if they can ultimately define what the preferred future is for their life, in other words, what their personal vision is, that is a huge step because like the Bible says in Proverbs, you know, where, where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. So when people don't understand their why, and we often say it this way, everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Yeah, that's good. And so if you're going to end up somewhere on purpose, purpose, then you've got to know where that somewhere is. So we like to really encourage couples to say, okay, well, who do we want to become? Or as an individual, who do I want to become? Or as a family, who do we want to become as a family? And whatever that vision is, then that in and of itself is the beginning point to really begin taking shape of how you're actually going to get there. And then the H stands for hold the core values. So your vision is basically defining where you're going and your values really determine that's really more of a shift in focus. And it's really going to determine um, if you will, in terms of who you're ultimately going Mm -hmm. to be known for. So these are the non-negotiable values that are going to serve as the bedrock of your relationship, your marriage and your family life. And then the, uh, the I in the word shift stands for identify your GPS. So we talk about goals, We talk about your passions, and we talk about your struggles. And so I believe um, your goals, your passions, and your struggles all help play into really the overall direction and greater purpose that God has for our lives. And then the uh, F stands for find life-giving friendships. So as the old saying says, and we often say, uh, your tribe determines your vibe. Mm-hmm. So, we'll you <laughs> yeah. your friends, and we'll show you your future. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people get derailed by the wrong kind of friendships, and they can have the best of intentions, but still lead them that causes them to drift further from God and drift further away from their vision for their life and for their future. And of course, the uh, the T in the word shift stands for teach by example. So, at the end of the day, we have to live what we say we believe. And we have to model that message. And we can't do it alone. Of course, um, we come from a Christ centered perspective and a biblical perspective that we need God's help to empower us to be strong, even in our weaknesses. So, you know, when it comes to making the necessary shifts, there are five shifts it is the shift in direction, the shift in focus the shift in motivation, the shift in reinforcement, and the shift of really what we call purpose. So those are the five key shifts that we believe are critical that people need to consider making in order to really to avoid from drifting further away from God and towards the culture.
0: Yeah. What are some of the ways that you can Maybe tell or use as a measuring stick for if your family might be drifting away from God, or or just a bigger general purpose for the kingdom.
1: Uh, I think that we we've, we've kind of defined it as another acrostic with the word drift um, that we find. I love this. <laughs> I'm all about those acronyms. I'm like
0: this will I will remember this forever. So That's if awesome. anyone, if this interview is for anyone, it's for me. That's Thank awesome,
1: you, Rachel. <laughs> um, so the word drift, we broke it down into when you can sense that you're drifting. Um, the D is disappointment. You're just you're experiencing disappointment. You can't put your finger on why, but you're disappointment in your life. The R is regrets. Um, if you are sensing regret in your life, I think that everybody at some point is is experiencing that, but you experience it more often than not regret. Um, I stands for isolation. Um, instead of insulating ourselves, we're isolating ourselves, and we're we feel that we're all alone in the decisions that we've made. Um, F stands for frustration. We're frustrated maybe with how things are turning out, you know, in our relationships or with our family, with our children. And T is is the big one. It's tension. There's just so much tension that we're having trouble just even enjoying life because of the tension. So there, there's some ways that you can know that you're, you're drifting for sure. Um, and you, you just can sense it. It's just a, a thing that you know you're drifting from what you really had hoped and planned for your your marriage relationship or you know your family. You just look up one day and and you've you've drifted. We we tell a story yeah. about. When we were traveling, we took our kids out um, snorkeling, and we rode out on these boats into this coral reef, and before we jumped in, we had our snorkel gear on, and um, the guide told us, he said, you've got to check in with me. The current is strong, and you're going to easily drift um, so you've got to check in at least every five minutes. I need you to look up, look around and check in with me to know where you're at. So we got out there, jumped in and we're having the best time. And of course, you know, we started drifting because we were just focused on the things underneath and we, we weren't checking in. And um, as we looked up and we did check in, we noticed how far off we were. And then, you know, you have to, back yeah. to base. So if we don't check in, it's super easy to drift and check out. Yeah, I can say that's so true for my family as well. And it's cool too, because
0: as you're saying family, it's kind of registered for me. And I feel like I need to speak this out to our listeners too, but family doesn't mean you and your spouse and your children. This can even mean, I mean, as soon as you enter the covenant of marriage, you are now a family, you're a unit. And so I'm thinking through this for my husband, Thomas and I, and we've been married for three years. And I feel like within three years, you can kind of get a grip on like where they came from, you know, or oh, "Oh, your family puts the fork in this way and not that way kind of thing. Or how do you live the dishwasher? (laughs) I mean, small things to then bigger things that you're realizing, like what your normal was, was not my normal. Therefore, what is normal? And so being able to stop, pause, analyze, figure out like, where are we? Have those healthy check-ins. That I think is, and so important. And if you don't, for me, at least I'll speak personally, it's so easy for us to get in a routine of you go to work, I go to work, you come home, I make dinner, we hang out and go to sleep repeat, yeah. to a point where it's hard for you to figure out like, what is our goal? Who are we as a couple, as a family, as a unit that we would want to be able to use ourselves as a powerhouse to further the kingdom. So I think it's easy to lose the bigger picture. So with all that being said, you did start with S, which is start with the end in mind. So I, I think this goes all back to that. And just out of curiosity, and I want to hear what you guys have to say, when, when God came up with this idea of family, what did he have in mind? Like What was his purpose and vision for a unit, a family?
2: Well, I think there's oneness. You know, the Bible says that we're to leave and to cleave. So we're to cleave to one another. You know, the two shall become one. And So at the end of the day, whether it's a marriage or a family, unity is at the heart of, you know, of of God's plan and purpose that we are unified with him and that we are unified with each other. And so it's really being in proper alignment. We're in right, you know, in proper alignment with God Mm -hmm. and with each other. And when we do that, then I believe we fall into what Romans 12, 12, 1 and 2 teaches, you know, about, um, you know, in that we are able to truly experience God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. If God has a good, pleasing, and a perfect will, our goal is to walk in that. Not that life is going to be perfect, but God's plans and God's purposes are going to be um, If we can get in on his plans and purposes, we'll be in far greater shape than mm-hmm. us trying to live according to our plans and purposes. Amen. So it's just yes. important that we, that we get in alignment with God and that we find unity with God and with each other. And so in order to do that, we have to really start with the end in mind. And God's vision needs to become our vision for our life our marriage and our family.
1: That's right. And Rachel, you mentioned, you know, we, you're fairly newly married. I, I remember that, you know, very well. We, I come from a family of four girls and Rodney comes from a family of four boys. I'm the no oldest <laughs> girl the youngest of the four boys. And it just took a little time for us to get in alignment. I mean, it was It was very interesting bringing us together. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. could not be more opposite (laughs) than what we were. And um, it just takes some time. It takes some, uh, you know, stumbling and falling and getting back up and and knowing that, you know, there's no other option. We're going to have a successful marriage and we're going to be what God has called us to be. Um, But it's not always easy. Yeah. Once you feel like
0: you've finally gotten into this alignment, because I think we're starting to hit that now where we we look okay. at each other and we're like, this is fun. This We're having fun. <laughs> and yeah. it yeah. took us right. a second to get there, but the alignment's happening. And so now I feel like is the time before it's too late to kind of come up with that vision together of who are we going to be? What What is going to be our mission statement? I know that's really important. And you highly stress that to be a part of your life, just vision statements. So how does a family create one and why is it important to maybe have this statement or things that you live by?
2: Yeah, we actually go into pretty good detail in our book and give some examples as it relates to, you know, ways that that individuals or couples or families can actually craft their own mission statement. And so we always, you know, we mm-hmm. basically say, hey, if you can get it on the back of a business card, that's ideal. But you really want to make it your own. You really want it to be truly reflective of your heart and your true vision and and desires. And, you know, so I think it's important that you, for example, if, if you're an individual, I think it's important that you sit down and you just write out the things that are important to you and specifically defining you. Who, who do I want to become? Where do I see myself in 10 years, 20 years, what at the end of the day, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want to be known for? And so when you start thinking futuristic like that, then you just basically start writing out those things and you put you know multiple drafts together until something actually becomes, you know, 30, I always like to say at least 30 words or less, even to where yeah. you can capture the heart of who you truly desire to be and where you desire to go in your life. And if you can capture that in a sentence, you are 99.9% ahead the head of the pack when it comes to having at least a defined destiny of what you really feel called to pursue and ultimately become. Because it's like it's like the old saying, when you lose your why, you lose your way. And mm-hmm. when good. when people don't understand why they exist and they don't understand God's plan and God's purpose, then they begin to drift. They start chasing after all the other things, and those things can become mass distractions of what could be and should be in their life. So you're, we, are, we like to say it this way your your mission or your vision or your purpose is what guides you, but your passion is what drives you. Mm-hmm. So we have to define, you know what is important, who do we want to become? And then really your values is really a whole separate exercise, and we walk through that. But your values are those non-negotiables. These are the things that you really want to be known for and the things that are most important to you. And so, for example, like we have a family vision statement, we have a family mission statement, and we, all, we also have a set of core values that we defined early in our family and that has been something that we have stuck with for all of these years, even though <laughs> there's been many a times we've had to come back, you know, to ground zero here and say, you know, hey, let's, we need to re- refresh our memory here as who the gauges are. Yes. And this is how we roll. But, um, but yeah, but that's been a huge thing for us because if you don't have that, then you're, you're going to be vulnerable to conforming to whatever else mm-hmm. comes along that the enemy can use to ultimately distract or derail us from God's plans and purposes.
0: Yeah. And too, it almost, like you're saying, it, it creates this unity or something that you guys can agree upon. So instead of this being like, a well, Thomas isn't meeting Rachel's expectations. It's a, well, we're not abiding by what we have agreed upon right now at This in this moment. And so it becomes almost less selfish or less, I guess, you don't feel alone in having to remind each other like, hey, this is a vision that we had together and we once agreed upon. So let's get back to the basic, let's get back to our foundation, which is easier to do if you've set one rather than just whipping out like all these random expectations that you guys didn't really agree upon and shake hands on and say, yes, we are both going to do this. And this is something that we both can can charge forward knowing that was important to us at one point in time. So I think that, if you don't have it and you're a family, better to go ahead and, and get one rolling or sit down or make a family meeting and make that a priority, it sounds like, for yes. sure.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah. let me just add one other thing to that, Rachel, that just on a practical level, and the reason why it is so important that you take the time to actually write that out and craft that is because it does give you a, um, you know, kind of a, a point of reference to go to to help, you know, Mm -hmm. really help have healthy conversations when maybe you you are falling short of each other's expectations. As you said, it's a great tool to come back to and say, you know what? Hey, we came together and we defined this. We worked on this. And this is what we stated we want to become. This is who we are. We're not these other things, but this is who we have defined that we Mm -hmm. want to become. And it helps build accountability into your relationship. And it, again, it serves as a reference point to go back to. And, you know, one of the things about vision, vision leaks. There's something in the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah, often people often refer to as the Nehemiah principle. And basically, um, you know, the, the whole point is, is that vision has to be renewed but every 26 days. And the reason why is because we get busy, we get distracted, and we forget the why. And so when we come back to you know our mission and our vision and our core values, it just helps keep us in alignment where with, with where we desire to be. And it just keep it puts a sense of focus and destiny, intentionality in our everyday lives. So it plays a huge mm-hmm. role. Way I look at it, if if a major corporation or an organization will craft, take the time to craft a mission and vision statement and have core values on the wall, then why in the world can't the most important institution that God ever created do the same thing? So, you know, marriage and the church are the two most important institutions that were ever created by God. And so that's the reason why I think every couple, every individual, every family. Man, it is, I mean, it is the, it's the corporation, if you will. It's the organization or the company of life that God has called us to fulfill. And as a, as a model, to be an example, to be a light to a world living in darkness.
0: Right. Or else I almost feel like this word keeps coming back to my mind is if you don't have one of these and you don't have a strong foundation, you're kind of just winging it. You're kind of just going with the flow, getting beat by the waves or whatever it looks like and and having to monitor and adjust so quickly. It's it's hard to get, I mean, it's hard to keep the end in mind. It's hard to continue with a purpose or to think like we can do this and to hold fast in, in those valley type seasons and moments when you haven't set a standard almost for what you can expect of yourself and who you know your identity in Christ to first be. So I am completely on board. I know what we're doing tonight at supper. I'm like, let's get out let's get out our journal because we have core values. We have things that we have agreed upon. Some of them being we leave things better than we found them. We always have fun. We don't complain unless we've made an attempt to, you know, correct whatever it is. So we have these core values, but I think to sit down, to write it out, to have almost this vision statement, I think is, is our next step is the arteries. So I'm excited to do this. Let's say maybe some people listening are thinking, this would be tons of fun, and this is something I'm so on board with, but we have totally drifted. We, I'm experiencing disappointment and regrets and isolation. I'm frustrated. There's so much tension. What would you almost say would be um, their next step if they're not really at the point that they can sit down and, and do something like this that they can agree upon?
2: Well, I think anytime somebody has come to that place of just acknowledging that they're not where they could be or should be, that to me is a great place to be because it's when it's when somebody's yeah. living in denial or someone who is, you know, basically trying to defend their situation or position. But when somebody, you know, is at a place and they realize, you know, you know what? Things are not right and I'm not I'm not finding fulfillment or I don't sense any real purpose or intentionality in my life and I've made some decisions that have caused me some pain or regret or you know whatever that's a that can be a very important and healthy place to be if they're willing to take the next steps to make the necessary shifts in their life so you know it's never too late no matter it didn't matter where somebody is in the process we have talked to many many people and and I'll even take it a step further in extreme cases where God intervened, and through it all, God brought healing and restoration and reconciliation to what most people said would have never happened. And so Mm -hmm. it's never too late to start doing what is right. Mm -hmm. And with God, all things are possible. And so if we're willing to humble ourselves, it might be going back to our spouse. And it, it might even be a parent going and sitting down with their son or daughter and say, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I haven't been the mom or I haven't been the dad that I have wanted to be. And as a result, I know it's brought hurt or disappointment. I've let you down. I haven't been a good example. And what I have found is that when we are willing to humble ourselves, you know, James 5.16 says that if we would confess our sins to each other and pray for each other, that's where healing begins. So when we can just come to that place of vulnerability and transparency and just say, hey, I'm not where I want to be, but with God's help, I want to make the necessary shifts to get me to where he needs me to be and where he wants me to be and where the family wants us to be. And so I think that's a real key point of just making that about face and saying, okay, I tried it my way and it didn't work. But now I'm gonna go with God's way.
0: Then it's almost living out that Romans 12, too, right? Of not conforming to what the world is saying and to the patterns of the world, but being transformed, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So it's almost like a renewing of our mind process and saying, Let's get back to business and what we are originally called to, which is brilliant and biblically does. So I am behind that. Absolutely. So you do write something that I think is really cool. You said families suffering from a drift need more than just a prayer. They need a plan. So what are some, like, let's just say three practical things that someone that is experiencing drift can say, these are some things we can put in place today to get this train back on track.
2: Yeah. So, you know, without question, I think it's just going through some of those exercises of, again. Um, mm-hmm. it, we, we say it this way in the book, define the who before the do. And so before you start doing things again go back to the beginning question of, okay, who do we want to become? And I think it's just a matter of walking through some of those foundational questions of, you know, as we think about our, our futures, we start with the end in mind. And even if somebody has been married for quite a while, you know, you can always go back and revisit the why. You know, there was something mm-hmm. at the beginning that drew people together. So even if you've drifted far away from that, okay, we'll go back to that point of center and maybe realign yourselves. And so it's just defining vision it's defining um, that preferred future, our core mission and vision of what we're about, and then really start walking through, the specific things to eliminate in your life that allows you to stay focused on what God's plans and purposes are so that you can stay on course in your in your um, in your destiny to fulfill you know what it is that you're aspiring to become so those are some of the initial thoughts that I would you know share with some folks. You know, one of the things that yeah. um in fact FamilyShift.com is a website that we provided a lot of different resources. Like, for example, like just understanding your personality type. We identify five different personalities. We have our own uh, personality test. Um, avatars is what we call them. Um, it's important for people to know really what their key strengths and, and weaknesses are, even identifying their spiritual gifts. Um in, in, in identifying, we have five goals. We call it our, our family goal tree. And so there are five specific goals that I think are important, once again, for people to think about, to keep them on point to fulfill their destiny. So there's a lot of practical things in the book and you know, on familyshift.com that I think can help kind of add reinforcement to um, things that, that they can apply you know, to their everyday lives and to their marriage and family to keep them on track.
0: Yeah, I am loving this. Just because I love a good testimony, what are some of the benefits that you've seen maybe play out in your own personal life or family? or other families that have kind of followed this criteria and what we're talking about today?
1: Uh, well, Rachel, with our own family, you know, we've, we've tried to establish these things and uh, we didn't at the very beginning, you know, have it all figured out or have the shift worked out in our mind, but we just use some of these practical principles um, along the way. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't always easy, um, you know, we had different challenges along the way. Just different seasons that our kids were yeah. in. Um, you know, teenage years are are definitely challenging. Even our our youngest had. Uh, physical challenges. When he was young, when he was seven and a half years old, he came down with a um, hip disease and was in a wheelchair for three years. And he was playing baseball and, you know, was doing great at that. And all of a sudden he had to go into a wheelchair. And we went through some extreme challenges that we faced with that and disappointments. And um, But we look at as Rodney mentioned earlier, the GPS, our goals and our passions and our struggles, the struggles are also what helps to define us. And, and when Luke was in the wheelchair, he picked up uh, the guitar and learned how to play the guitar. And now, you know, it's his life. It's, he's a worship leader and God wow. gave him the song in the greatest struggle of his life. And, um, it's, it's these, you know, type of things that if we look to, um, our goal is, you know, what, what is our goal? What's our vision and, um, our, Our values, or we, you know, we're going to stay joyful in in the trial and the challenge. We we can lean back and stand on that firm foundation of our values, and and look at um, our passions and struggles that we go through, and what can we learn from them to to define us and to to direct us for our future. Becca and and Ashlyn, you know, went through some similar or different type. Ashlyn went through some physical difficulties as well, and and a year of chronic hives that we could not figure out what was wrong, and and she had to stop all athletics and and things that she was doing, and it took us a year to figure out what was going on with her. And now, out of those struggles, and she actually has a passion, and she's um, studying to be a PA. And it's helped direct and define her future, just the things that she's gone through. So um, it's there's just all kinds of things in life that we can use to help guide and direct us to have that preferred future. And what we want our legacy to be, the last, uh, you know, the T in the the shift is teach, teach by example. Um, it, it wasn't always easy to do that. <laughs> and, um, you know. A part of our, our mission statement is, is to learn, uh, laugh and love and, and live. And, um, you know, sometimes it wasn't always easy to laugh, you know, <laughs> sometimes things got intense, and we'd have to go right. back and remind ourselves, hey, you know, this is who we are. And no matter how difficult it gets, we're gonna laugh and we're gonna love life and we're gonna live with intentionality and, and with no regrets. And I think that our, our kids are a great testimony of of these things because they are they're fulfilling, you know, a purpose that God has for their lives and, and they have, although they, you know, we wasn't perfect, now they they are, you know, on track to fulfill their, their purpose and what God has for them in their lives. Amazing. Well, I can attest because being Becca's
0: friend, I can say that she is so powerful and hope filled and driven and so loving. So, congrats on raising Becca. At least I hope to meet her sibling sometime soon. But I am just so grateful and thankful for all the wisdom that you guys shared with us and cannot wait to get my hands on a copy of Family Shift when it comes out in hard print. Hey, where can someone purchase? copy or connect with you guys online if they wanted some more info?
2: Well, first of all, um, they can go to familyshift.com and there are some um, bonus resources available as well for those who pre-order the book, um, depending on when this podcast actually would be um, aired. But one of the things, of course, they can do is go to any online retailer or their favorite bookstore um, to, to actually purchase the book. And so, um, or they can go to familyshift.com as well. So whatever is easiest, but there's a lot of tools and resources, as I mentioned, that's on the website and um, anything that, you know, we can do to help bring hope and encouragement and give some how-tos to people. We're we're all about that. So hopefully that'll be a great source for people to, to find. So we
0: love to end the show this way just because I'm curious and I know our listeners are too. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. We ask our guests, what are they loving these days? So whether it's maybe a book or a song or a recipe or something that you think that the listeners have to know about. I'd love to know what that is for you too.
1: Um Lots of things that I'm loving these days, but one thing is is a golden doodle that's about my size, and it's my first oh my grandbaby, and her name is Ellie oh. Patty. So I'd never really been exposed to uh, these type of dogs, but we have just fallen in love with Beck and Daniel's little uh, first dog. She's not little; she's about my size. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm loving the golden doodle right now. I love it. What about you, Rodney?
2: Well, I am just. Loving the fact that um my wife Michelle and I get to pretty much have a date night every night now. So <laughs> that's
1: been pretty amazing.
2: So um, uh, but no, we're just we're having fun, you know. We're at a place and stage in our life where we're busy like crazy like everybody else, but we're also having a fun time and I um I'm just glad that we're at a place in our lives where now our three kids um, are at a place in a season in their lives to where now we are just, we're like best friends. We can't wait to be together and hang out. And so that's one of the greatest highlights for us just honestly, just getting to hang out with them and be a part of their world and celebrate them. And, um, you know, so, yeah, so that's kind of a new, um, freedom that, you know, we're enjoying right now just being together and making a difference and uh, drinking lots of coffee because we've put in, been putting in a lot of hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, I am grateful that you guys could carve out a few minutes to spend with us today and just give us all your good nuggets. I'm going to have to listen back and take notes myself. And I, like I said, know exactly what we will be doing tonight at supper. I'm going to get my my pen and my paper and we are putting our vision on down on the paper. I think it's going to be amazing and Love. cannot wait for family shift to be shared with all the people. So thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having us, Rachel.
2: Honored to be with you today.
0: I mean, so good. I think it's incredible what they said in the beginning of saying that if the family and the church are the two most important organizations that the Lord put on this planet for us to be able to enjoy, but we'll also find comfort and community, then why do we not pay attention to the family more? I could not agree more. I now understand fully the importance of spending the time necessary to making sure that you have a plan, that your desires are communicated, and that your family has a vision. So I am so stoked to sit down with Thomas tonight and write all these down. And I can imagine some of you are pretty excited and looking forward to doing that with your husband or your family as well. If you wanted to access any of the things that we talked about in today's episode, you can do that by visiting our show notes at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Here is some fun news that you're probably already aware of, but Christmas is in one week. (laughs) One week! So since Christmas lands on a Wednesday this year, and we wanted to obviously give our team some off time before the holidays, we will not have an episode go live next week but tune in the next week on January 1st, the very first day of 2020 for an amazing conversations with Ruth Joe Simons. She is going to set us straight for January 1, 2020, set our new year off on the right track, call attention to the things that need attending, and I cannot wait to share that episode with you too. So don't be sad, just hang on tight till January 1 and we'll be right back. We'll see you in the new year.